It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Miami Dolphins offense stumbled through a quiet second half in their loss against the Buffalo Bills in Week 18, which begs the question, what is the biggest issue with the Dolphins offense as it pertains to the running game? Mike McDaniel gave us some clues, and we're exploring it here today on Locked On Dolphins. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami, welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It is your team every day here on the Locked On Network. I am your host, Kyle Krabs, a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked On Dolphins, co-host of Locked On NFL Scouting. You can find our shows on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Tip of the cap to our everydayers because it is your team every day here on the Locked On Network. Today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL in all lowercase for a first deposit match of up to $100. We are exploring how in the world the Dolphins, with all of their offensive successes, in the first half against the Bills, could come out and have less than 100 yards of offense in the second half. And the troubling trend that has continued uh, for the Dolphins all season long, where there is first half rushing success that quickly goes by the wayside. And uh, I think Mike McDaniel on Monday or, or in the post game offered, in the aftermath of the game, offered a comment here that I think said the quiet part out loud. And I think it's something when you cross-reference what the Dolphins' ideology and thought process was going into the season and how they were kicking the tires on backs, it all just kind of adds a, you start to put the piece of the puzzle together a little bit. So let me let me start with this. Here's the quote from Mike McDaniel. Uh, the question was, you had 218 yards in the first half and 13 first downs. Uh, then three three and outs in the second half. What did they do differently? Uh, Mike McDaniel said, It didn't necessarily surprise me. They played more single high safety to stop the run, which we were kind of anticipating. Then it was just herky-jerky where you have some, we have two different penalties. Then we had some misfires. There was an incompletion that was a throw issue. There was a drop. It seemed like each drive, uh, to take a turn each drive, we weren't really able to get momentum of the drive going, which is what happens when myself as a play caller decides to pass, anticipating that we have advantageous looks. I think at this point in the season, you have to trust a lot of things and it didn't work out. It really... It goes really to the whole group because we were running the ball well. They changed the box count, which wasn't like they changed defenses. They just called more eight-man front, and you have to be able to adjust with the defense and make plays in all phases, and we were unable to do that tonight. So I get it, right? I get it. At the end of the day, you want to be the, the art of war. You want to be like water, right? Bruce Lee, be like water. It takes the shape of a cup. Uh, it flows like a river. All that stuff. I get it. So the defense gives you looks on the outside. You do want to try to be opportunistic and take care of and meet that and and be where the defense is not. But 
The Dolphins' offense takes this to such an extreme, and it's really eye-opening when you consider next-gen stats, tracks the rushing statistics of every running back in the NFL with more than 100 carries on the season, and there's 49 of them. So out of 49 backs, what running backs in the NFL get the largest and smallest workloads against eight-man boxes. And I can tell you that at the top of this list is Christian McCaffrey and Derrick Henry. Those are the top two players in the league as far as the amount of volume they face. They're the only running backs in the league that get 35% of their carries or more against eight-man boxes. Eight or more-man boxes. And for Christian McCaffrey, 36.03%. Uh, That is a monstrous number when you consider the workload that Christian McCaffrey uh, shouldered this season in which he carried the ball 272 times and had 339 total touches, right? So this is relevant for carries, 272. 36% of 272 touches came against eight-man boxes or more. Teams that decided we have to stop the run and you made the decision, we're going to run the ball anyway. And you do. Where do you think the Dolphins fall on this list? Devon Achan, 103 carries. Uh, He's the sixth lowest eight-man box percentage in the league. 11.65%. So one out of every 10 touches comes against an eight-man box. Raheem Mostert, where do you think he is on this list? And a reminder, there's 49 backs with over 100 carries. He's 13th lowest on the list at 14.35%. So the Dolphins' two backs that have combined this season for over th- for 313, 312 carries. You're running the ball against eight-man boxes at about, on average, a 12 to 13% clip. It's almost a third of the volume against eight-man boxes as what Christian McCaffrey, who leads the league, does. So if you're just going to allow a team to structurally change what they're doing defensively and you almost as a blank slate say, well, we got an eight-man box, let's throw the ball. You're allowing them to dictate the terms of the game to you. And you're not even doing it in the snap to to whistle dynamic of the play. You're getting up to the line of scrimmage and they are have dictated the terms of the game to you. And that's a problem because we look at this offense and this, this season's been phenomenal. It's one of the most fun seasons of my lifetime. I was born in 1989, right? I missed the high-flying early Marino. And even when the team was good when I was a kid, they were no more for their defense. Season's been one of the most fun seasons of my lifetime. And we'll see what the ending looks like. It's obviously been a disappointing couple of weeks. When you get late in the year, here's what I do know. I have a lot of conviction. And I think a lot of coaches do too. When you get late in the year, December, January, February football, at some point, You got to be able to run the ball whether they think you are going to or want you to run the ball or not. 
Case in point, uh, Next Gen Stats also tracks uh, where you're getting your yardage. And Next Gen Stats has the Dolphins that they've been over 100 yards rushing in each of the last two games against Baltimore and against Buffalo. And I think they have 34 yards between the tackles. So if you want to look at the issue, you could talk, you know, people don't like Tua, people think Tua is limited, and Tua is a player with a specific skill set with strengths and weaknesses that you do have to cater to, and that's all but probably four or five quarterbacks in the league are like that. And you'd be anything, you'd be neglectful to not cater your offense to his strengths. I think Mike McDaniel's done an outstanding job of doing that. But this time of year, if you're just going to let them drop the eighth man down in the box and it's going to completely take away your your appetite for doing something, and this is not a second half of Buffalo thing where there's circumstance, circumstances where you called some passes and Tyreek drops a ball and gets a ball punched out and Braxton Berrios gets tackled six inches away from a first down so you don't get a first down, and then you have a false start after a drive starter to Tyreek Hill and you're in first and 15 and you have a misfire that was a high throw. Like I get all that. I get all of that contextually. This is the full body of work. Your top two ball carriers have 312 carries, and they're carrying the ball into eight-man boxes 12% of the time. Conversely, you got Derrick Henry at 35%, Christian McCaffrey at 36 I'll give you the whole the rundown of the top names. Gus Edwards for Baltimore, 34%. Kareem Hunt, 32%. Khalil Herbert with the Bears, 32%. Tyler Algier for the Falcons, 30%. Jamal Williams with the Saints, 29%. Damian Pierce, 26%. A.J. Dillon, 25%. James Conner, 25%. Aaron Jones, 23%. Devin Singletary, 23%. Travis Etienne, 23%. Alexander Madison, 21.5%. Josh Jacobs, 21.5%. Alvin Kamara, 21%. David Montgomery, 21%. Najee Harris, B. John Robinson, Donta Foreman, 20%. Kenneth Walker, 20%. Chuba Hubbard, 19%. Brees Hall, 19%. Like you are statistically, you are bottom here and we got to talk about it we got to talk about it for kansas city and then we also have to talk about it long term because i think there's some uh aspects that are very relevant that we need to be prepared and mentally prepared to, to discuss and tackle as well we'll do that next here on this episode of locked on dolphins so stick with us nfl regular season has come to a close uh, and the weather is cold cooling off it will be extremely cold on saturday for the dolphins wildcard game against the chiefs but the deals are still hot over at fanduel america's number one sports book right now new customers get 150 dollars in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a five dollar bet it's 150 bucks in bonus bets win or lose the app is super easy to use there are a lot of different ways to play like same game parlays live you can find bets in the Explore tab. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, which is the best way to find popular parlays and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup with FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So, I obviously feel some kind of way about this. And I'm not saying get up and go run, run, pass, punt either. But if you you reflect on the circumstances that the Dolphins found themselves in in that second half on the game on Sunday night, and you reflect back on other games this season, they had a ton of rushing success in the first half against Tennessee too. Got away from Number of games this year you've reflected on early game rushing success that faded late. I know there's not a real high EPA return on a three-yard run on first and 10. And I know it's not really attractive to run the ball on second and long. But this time of year, taking what you're not being given specifically in the run game to set up not third and 11, not third and nine, third and six, it's a big difference in staying on schedule. And this Dolphins offense, you would think theoretically, and I don't think they had a lot of success doing this against Buffalo, but you do wonder, is the return of Robert Hunt enough to give you some surge here to do this? You're going to play the Chiefs. They have Chris Jones, big-time presence. They have uh, a lot of heavy-handed defensive ends. Like it's it's going to be a chore to move this group in Kansas City with the offensive line. One thing that I think will play in your favor is you'll you, apparently you're going to have Jalen Waddle back, and you did not have him for the, either of the last two games, and specifically the second half against Buffalo. What Buffalo did is they played uh, somebody up on Tyreek Hill, and they leveraged a safety way up over the top of them, and then everywhere else it was just we're going to put the extra hat in the box, we're going to play man. You can't, you can do that with Jalen Waddle on the field, but you then need to account for Jalen Waddle in the same way that you're accounting for Tyreek Hill. And that then moves another player out of the box. So you're, you're back out of that numbers deficit. So that, that element of what Buffalo adjusted to and how they put the numbers so dramatically in their advantage with the presence of Jalen Waddle should alleviate the pressure on the offense that you're going to be in this situation. And we've talked about third and fourth and shorts and you know the, the success rate there, and I think the Dolphins are the second lowest success rate on runs on third and fourth and one, which is wild to me. And, and I, I get why in stretches of the season, when you have one starting offensive tackle and four backups elsewhere, or your entire interior offensive line, is backup players, and you've started 12 different iterations of an offensive line in a 17-game sample size, those small margin for error types of reps don't have a lot of success for you. I'm sympathetic to that. So for Miami's purposes, I I do wonder, okay, you are theoretically going to have the same group back out there for consecutive weeks including with Robert Hunt. Lee Meikenberg is a, a little bit more of a 
Uh, I think he's got more power than Connor Williams. He's nowhere near as athletic. He's nowhere near as refined. Uh, but I do think he has more power than Connor Williams. And Rob Jones, obviously, is a phone booth player in general, and that's where his strengths lie. Can you find something here? Can you find a little bit of teeth between the tackles? And if you do, Miami likes to run long trap. They like to run power and counter um, where they'll pull a guard. But can you vertically reset the line of scrimmage? If you can, it probably happens with either Raheem Mostert or Jeff Wilson. But I think you you reflect on Miami's appetite uh, for a different kind of back. And I do think that's worth mentally logging away long-term. And we'll talk long-term in just a minute. But they reportedly kicked the tires on Saquon Barkley. They reportedly called about Josh Jacobs. They were reportedly very in on Jonathan Taylor. What do all those guys have in common that are not of the backs that you have in the room? They're not powerful players. Raheem Mostert runs hard. But Raheem Mostert, even with the bulked up size that he has, is not Jonathan Taylor or Saquon Barkley from a build perspective. And this isn't meant to mitigate Raheem Mostert and the job. He's been a top five favorite story of mine all season long. And Devon Achan, obviously the biggest concerns that I had with him coming out of Texas A&M when the Dolphins drafted him were his durability and his size and stature and ability to finish runs with physicality. Now, he's willing to put his shoulder down and challenge DBs, but if you run him into a pile, he's not going to move the pile. Jeff Wilson's really the only guy on the roster, and, and Chris Brooks theoretically could do this, but Chris Brooks gets to you because Chris Brooks doesn't have the explosiveness that the, the top backs that are big backs do. And I don't know that just necessarily Jeff Wilson has that element either, but who's going to stick their nose in the fire and dig out three and a half yards? Because I think a little bit of that still has, you still have to be willing to do that, especially this time of year. Because if you're going to run everything to the perimeter, then yeah, rolling the extra hat down and dividing the fit in half and knowing that your safeties are going to be up and you're going to be able to, to run the alley and you're not going to put your corners in a position to tackle. That's a really hard way to make a living. So you have to be able to come at them. I think with the, the, the explosiveness that you have, particularly on the right side of the offensive line, I do think you have the opportunity to get vertical push and search. How consistently do you get it? I don't know. And, and there's a lot of the elements of the game against Kansas City with the weather and the cold. And I know right now there's a blizzard in Kansas City. Like, who knows? They're, they're, we're going to play the game and see what happens. I'm not, I'm not, not going to put my prognosticator hat on because, you know, just like you thought you'd come out of this game and say, okay, let's recalibrate. Andrew Van Ginkle's out with a foot injury. Mike McDaniel said yesterday they're not planning on having Xavier Howard back. And now Jerome Baker has wrist surgery and he's out for the rest of the year too. <laughs> you just laugh, right? Like, what are you supposed to do? So Melvin Ingram, step on up. Emmanuel Agba, obviously. We're going to probably sign a few guys off the street to play on the edge. Uh, you may end up signing a, a street-free agent linebacker, too. And you hope Duke Riley and David Long can get you through the game. 
And Calvin Munson's been here a few weeks as well. What else are you supposed to know? Uh, so I, I, I'm not in the mentality of prognosticating the game just yet. Uh, we'll look at the tape from the last time and we'll, we'll look at where the Chiefs are at now and we'll try to apply logic and we'll do all that later in the week. But I do think something that should be of importance for Miami is, is looking themselves in the mirror and asking how they can make profits out of uh, structurally disadvantageous uh, looks from time to time to, to prevent a half of football snowballing like it did on Sunday night. Because if you're just going to allow them, based off the pre-snap leverage, to completely eliminate the best part of what your game plan was. It's like a pitcher. I'll make an analogy. And the Dolphins offense right now is like a pitcher where it's got a good fastball and it's got a good changeup. Okay, Two very different ways that they can hit you. Miami, the, the speed, the vertical passing attack in the middle of the field. So middle of the field passing attack and then perimeter run game. But when you face the best hitters in baseball, you need to have more pitches than two to attack them. So this Dolphins offense, it needs another pitch. And that's the continued evolution of the offense. And you can look at Jeff Wilson and the right side of the offensive line and game plan and hope that they can tap into the well and get enough to help you win a football game against Kansas City. And whether they win or don't win, the longer-term conversation about how this Dolphins offense adds another pitch to its arsenal so that defenses have to honor all of it is, I think, the big thing that we need to be focused on for the long-term success of the Mike McDaniel offense and its continued evolution with this core and nucleus of players. We'll talk about that long-term outlook next here on Locked on Dolphins. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS because it is you against the numbers instead of battling against thousands of other players, including pros and sharks. You pick more or less on two to six player stat projections, and you can watch your winnings roll in. If you get all six, you can win up to 25 times your money. So if you like good ROI, got good news for you. Price picks got it. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey on a 10.5 combo of three points made in receptions. Maybe you want to fade Travis Kelsey on the receptions this week, though. I don't know. I'm just trying to be a good Dolphins fan. <laughs> uh, go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use code LockedOnNFL for first deposit match of up to $100. That is prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use code LockedOnNFL for first deposit match of up to $100 uh, for prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. 
Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So long term, uh, I think that's really as we get closer and closer to the end of the season, uh, we are start going to on this show. Uh, I can tell you a few things. I've deleted YouTube off my phone because I don't want all the comments. I deleted Twitter off my phone because I don't want the comments. We're going to put ourselves in the bubble. We're going to be focused on creating good content on this show, not letting the narratives and the outside noise and the frustrations of a lot of Dolphins fans missed a chance to win the AFC East. You're right. We did. We still went 11 and six. There's still progress and there's still work to be done for Mike McDaniel and Chris Greer and Tua Tungvaloa and Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell and the edge group getting healthy. And th- th- like, there's so much that has to be achieved. And there's so much good within this season that I would hate for the funk of the last two weeks with a lot of Dolphins fans and how they feel to take the focus away from that. So I am removing that energy from my own process. And whenever this season ends, we'll dig into every element of this football team through an analytical eye, through a process-oriented approach, and we're going to try to ask the right questions on what needs to be different and then see what pathway they tell us they're going to take to continue to improve. And in the meantime, after this show, which is kind of your debrief out of the, the Week 18 game, we'll shift gears to Kansas City. I'm going to go back to the Kansas City tape. I'm going to watch Kansas City the last few weeks. We'll have the crossover with Locked On Chiefs again, second time this season. And then we're going to play the game and see what happens. I think expectations at this point with, with Miami's uh, path as a six seed and a wild card who's as banged up as they are. And the weather, we know the Dolphins in cold weather don't mix particularly well. Like, okay, okay, yeah. Like, we're going to play the game, see what happens. Expectations, I'm not worried about expectations right now. You got to the point where you can either do it or don't. And that's kind of my mindset with what's left of this season. Either do it or don't. And we'll talk about it. But kind of this this central theme coming out of the game in the second half offensive performance, and Mike McDaniel's quote specifically has left me sitting here saying, well, shoot, I mean, we, we can't just play into an opposing team's hand to say, hey, we think we can leverage away your best passing weapon and penalize you elsewhere. So we're just going to line up in a certain kind of way and have you run right into our hand of what we want you to do, which is exactly what happened. You need more pitches in the arsenal to attack the opposing defense slash hitter in this analogy. The long-term outlook, uh, I would not be surprised if Miami reinvests the running back position. And again, I, I do think it's worth acknowledging that one of your core principles of who you are as a football team, you were without, without Jalen Waddle. Because I don't think you get the extreme, not because like, oh, they're going to continue to pass the ball, but you have to honor Waddle in similar ways. So if we're going through our punch list here, one thing that has to be relevant, you have to have another man beater other than Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. You have to have somebody else who's explosive in the passing game. And I can tell you right now, I don't think it's going to be Chase Claypool. I don't have any confidence that it will be Chase Claypool. I know it ain't Cedric Wilson, and I know it ain't Braxton Berrios. And I like these guys, respectively. 
Cedric Wilson blocks his butt off for this team. Braxton Berry's quality special teams player who's a, a guy who's also willing to block his butt off. River Craycraft blocks his butt off. Could Eric Ezukama have been this guy if he didn't have the, the issue with his neck that was a pre-existing injury that they took some exception with? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I think he probably would have profiled favorably because it feels like they're trying to take Chase Claypool and put him into the Ezukama role. And Ezukama had a really good tape in the preseason. And he's a blocker, and they put him in the backfield. And what he did best at Texas Tech is he went vertical, and he separated vertically, and he made plays down the field. So maybe that's your guy. I don't know. They have they, they know what the medical status is there. But if I'm coming out of this talking point, I'm looking about the long-term outlook of avoiding this trap. One thing is you need to have another vertical separator. You need to have another explosive separator where teams just can't leverage one receiver and call it a day. And you got to protect yourself from injury. The other thing is there needs to be a, a willingness to take those low ROI runs from time to time. And I think a little bit of that, particularly in the second half of the season, is the maturation of Mike McDaniel as a head coach slash play caller. It's worth acknowledging when we did the head coaching search, one of the concerns with another first-time head coach is there were going to be growing pains with that coach. And I think you're experiencing that. And there were some things last year that happened that hurt that team, that they went into the offseason, they made it a point of emphasis, and it did get better. Was it always perfect? No. But it's never perfect for any team across 17 games in its totality. This is something I think should be a point of emphasis for the coaching staff to address, especially late in the year. Low ROI and low EPA plays are not necessarily always a bad thing. Especially when you have the explosiveness of this passing game. Where you can pick up third and 14 on a rip shot on a dig. Which they did against Buffalo. On a straight drop back. No play action passing either. And I think you need to look at the running back position. And I think you need to have a back that gives you confidence in doing this. You need a pile mover. And it's not just a big body. And I like Chris Brooks. But he was a UDFA back for a reason. And it's because the explosiveness of that athletic profile versus just being a big, tough, physical runner, this offense is predicated on explosiveness. So you gotta get, you got to have the pop. And I don't think they have the 220-pound pop guy in the backfield that they need. So there's some things that they could try to do to mitigate this here and now as you play a playoff game, and we'll see what happens. But I think longer term, there's some more pieces to the menu and not centerpiece pieces of the offense. Now, some of them could be, but not centerpiece premium investments that need to be added to this recipe to allow it to be the most complementary version of itself so that you can authentically be water when you want to be water, but then also allow you to say, leverage be damned, we're taking four yards. And you can't stop us. And that needs to be the next step. That's my two cents. 
And that's my 30 minutes here on Locked on Dolphins. I hope you guys enjoyed today's show. Cog Grabs, you can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Fins up. Make it a great rest of your day. And we'll be back again tomorrow as we turn the page to the Kansas City Chiefs. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.